And I was like, oh, shoot. I already prepared a message. And I thought to myself, you know, should I change the message? And I made the executive decision to not. <laughs> but with that being said, I felt like I should at least say Happy Mother's Day. And thank you to all the mothers and mother-like figures out there. Uh, just keep being you. <laughs> thank you. Well, uh, the title of today's sermon is You've Got a Friend in Me. A song written by Randy Newman in 1995, popularized uh, by the little animated movie called Toy Story. Uh, I want to play a little video uh, before I start my message. Uh, yeah. God's friend in me? Yep. By Claire and Dad. By Claire and Dad. cute. <laughs> I just want to read some of the, the lyrics to the song. It says, when the road looks rough ahead, and when you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed, you just remember what your old pal said. Yeah, you've got a friend in me. You've got troubles. I've got them too. This, there isn't anything I wouldn't do for you. We stick together, and we see it through, because you got a friend in me. 
John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, than a friend who would lay down his life for his friends. No longer do I call you servants, but I have called you friends. What does it mean to be a friend? What does it look like to be a friend? How can we be a friend? And what can we do to make or find friends? Please bow your heads as I pray one more time. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you and humble myself before you today. Lord, I pray that it is not my words, Lord, that are spoken, but your words. Lord, help it not to be my will, Lord, but your will. Please bless the reading of your word, Lord. I pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Number one, what does it mean to be a friend? Jesus illustrates this through the verse, John chapter 15, verse 13. He illustrates it by describing how the greatest demonstration of a friendship or of love is the willingness of a friend to give up his life. What, what is life? You know, of course, you know, life is made up of this physical body. And I'm sure in a sense that the verse is talking about how, you know, we should, the greatest demonstration of love is that we take a bullet for somebody. But, you know, I think it goes deeper than that as well. You know, life is made up of moments, of, of time. So sometimes being a friend just means being there. Does it take commitment and time and sometimes an uncomfortable chunk of your schedule to be a friend? Yeah, no, definitely. You know, I've had those moments where, you know, I'm looking at my phone and somebody is calling me. I'm sure you guys had that experience. You're just looking at your phone as it rings and you see the person on the other line and you, you're, you have this internal struggle and you're, you're thinking, you know, should I be a good friend and answer this phone right now? You know, I, I will be vulnerable. Uh, you know, there are times where I didn't answer the phone when somebody called me and I knew they were calling me. But sometimes it does take time. It does take, you know, working around our schedules to be a good friend. Um, and sometimes, you know, if a friend is calling at 2 a.m. in the morning, you know, of course, there are healthy boundaries. You know, if they're calling you every single night of the day at 2 a.m. in the morning, you know, there's, there's a little issue there. But if it's, if it's once in a while and... You know, sometimes those people are calling because they just need somebody to talk to. Uh, they just need a friend to, to, to vent to. And sometimes that, that's us. You know, we need to be that friend. You know, friendship takes sacrifice. You know, sacrifice your time when you could be running errands or watching your favorite show or scrolling through a few more Facebook posts or news articles. Friendship takes time, a time that could be spent going shopping or watching the game or catching up on a few hours of sleep because you've worked overtime. In essence, friendship is selflessness. Friendship is selflessness because it takes time out of our day to make somebody else's day. Number two, what does it look like to be a friend. I think the greatest example of what a friend looks like is Jesus. You know, one of, one of my favorite stories, let's actually turn there. One of my favorite stories, and now one of my favorite stories, is Luke chapter 19. I was reading this yesterday, and I read it in a way that I've never read it before. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. Luke chapter 19, 
it is the story of Zacchaeus. There are more than one ways that I can relate to Zacchaeus. <laughs> Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, tomato, tomato. <laughs> All right. We're going to read uh, verses, at first, verses 1 through 4. When you get there, please say amen. All right. Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 4. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector. He was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of a short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. Now, try to put yourself in Zacchaeus' shoes. I can relate because it says Zacchaeus is of a short stature, and I'm only 5'4". <laughs> so I can relate in that sense. Zacchaeus, you know, think of it, he's, he's a tax collector. You know, one of the, 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 the most hated people during the time of Jesus. You know, he was ostracized. People would look at him. He was like, that guy, he's the scum of society. You know, he, and on top of all that, he was of a short stature. You know, I've had my fair shares of short jokes every here and there, like quite often actually, from my friends who are much taller than I am. So I can only imagine that Zacchaeus went through the same ridicule. But what happens next and how Jesus responds to Zacchaeus is to me one of the most beautiful responses in the entire Bible. You know, Jesus, he's, he's the master of, of friend-making. And he's, he's the master, he's the ultimate friend. And what I love about what Jesus does, let's, let's read it. Cha Luke chapter 19, verse 5. What Jesus does in this next verse, in chapter 5, I mean, in verse 5, is, is brilliant. It says, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, and said to him, Zacchaeus. We're going to stop there. What Jesus, Jesus looked and said, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. He could have stopped there. And it, would have been, it wouldn't have been good. Jesus is walking with this entire crowd behind him. And he just makes this sudden stop. And he sees a man in the tree. And he looks up. And he says, Zacchaeus. In that little short piece of action, action, Jesus fulfilled Zacchaeus' greatest desire at that moment, and that was being acknowledged. You know, I'm sure as Zacchaeus was going through his, his adult life, it was very hard to find people who would acknowledge him for just being him, for just being human. You see, Jesus acknowledged him, not for what he is, but for who he is. He looked up at Zacchaeus and he said, Zacchaeus. He called him by his name. He didn't say, oh, you tax collector. Oh, you short man. He said, no, Zacchaeus. He called him by his name. He went, he was personal. 
You know, there's a lot of people out there, and in here too, that simply just wants to be, and I, I, can, I can say this to myself, there's a lot of people out there and in here who simply just wants to be acknowledged. And there's a lot of people who come in here, and as Christians, as church members, we need to acknowledge every soul that walks through those doors. You know, it's a sad day when a soul walks in, sits down, and walks out, and nobody knows. That's a sad day. You know, I, I try to, I'm, I'm introverted at, at my core. And so it's, it's hard for me to approach people who are strangers. But I, you know, have to stretch my comfort zone. And sometimes I just, you know, I, I want to walk by, but the Holy Spirit, God's like, no, no, no. Stop. Look up. Call them by their name. Ask them who they are. You know, there's, there's, there's power in just saying hello. And there's power in just saying hello. You know, Jesus is awesome. He actually didn't stop there. He didn't just say Zacchaeus. Let's read the rest of the verse, verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Jesus is awesome. He said, make haste and come down, as in come down here with me, as in be in my presence, as in I want to spend time with you. As the verse says, I must stay at your house. Jesus did more than just acknowledge Zacchaeus. He invited him into his very presence. And in this case, he also invited himself to Zacchaeus' house. <laughs> you know, as, as Christians, as just human beings, as, as the images of God, we need to do more than just acknowledge people. We need to invite people into our very presence. You know, it's easy to say hi, you know, how you're doing, very, very surface level conversations. But it takes a lot more to sit down with that person and actually have a conversation. But I think it's those, those moments that are so important and that create meaningful relationships, relationships that edify, relationships that build up, you know, relationships that, that make you happy. And Jesus was so good at that. And I'm sure you guys can, can all relate with how Jesus has been a friend to you. Unless we allow some transparency and vulnerability and allow someone to not just be around us, but with us, we will fail to create meaningful relationships, everlasting, soul-saving friendships. Luke 19.6 says, let's read verse 6. It said, so he, Zacchaeus, made haste and came down and received Jesus joyfully. Zacchaeus received Jesus joyfully, and all Jesus did was acknowledge him and invited him to be in his presence. You know, there, 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 there were some times, I remember one time uh, during the summer, um, I was doing a, a program where for 10 weeks, you know, where we, we would go door to door and we'd have to drive vans and drop students off here and there to knock on doors. And I was, I was 
one day, I was actually knocking on doors, and one of my friends was driving the van. And it was actually a very hard day, a hard day. People were not the nicest. People were, it was very hot because we were in Las Vegas, and the hottest it got there was about 120 degrees. So it was a very difficult time. And so my friend, she just started to cry. I was like, oh, oh what do I do? <laughs> she just started to cry. And I just, I just sat there, and I listened. That's all I did. I listened. And she poured out her heart. She told me what was going on in her mind. And after that, she was like, thank you so much. And in my mind, I was like, I didn't do anything. All I did was listen. But that's all it takes. Sometimes it takes just being there, acknowledging the person, and just being in their presence. And that can do so much for a person, and that can make a person really happy. What does it look like to be a friend? Letting them know that they're known, letting them know that they matter, and letting them know that you're there for them. One of the most beautiful scenes to me in the Bible is actually found in John chapter 11. Let's go there really quick. John chapter 11. John chapter 11. It is the story of Lazarus. As you flip there, I'm just going to give a little background for those who may not know. Lazarus is one of Jesus' best friends. You know, when Jesus would go on long journeys, you know, preaching to, to thousands, one of the places he would go was Lazarus' house. Just to relax, just to chill with Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. But in this instance, Lazarus is dead. John chapter 11. Lazarus, in John chapter 11, you get this scene where one of Jesus' best friends has been dead for four days. It's a somber time. There's a little overcast. People are mourning loudly in the background. You get this little mixture of eerie silence as well. And the focus shifts on Jesus. And you get this subtle yet powerful and beautiful scene of Jesus seeing Mary weep for her brother. Followed by one of the shortest verses in the Bible, verse 35. Jesus wept. Some scholars will say that Jesus was weeping at the unbelief of the people, and although there may be some truth to that, you know, he may have been crying because of the unbelief of the people, and they didn't believe what he could do, but I think there's also a very emotional and human aspect to what Jesus did. He saw Mary cry, and what did he do? He cried with her. Jesus just cried with her. I can't help but see that being, a be that being a beautiful demonstration of Jesus simply being a friend and just being there. He didn't have to say anything. He didn't have to do anything. He just needed to be there and weep with Mary. He sees Mary cry. He cries. Jesus knows what's about to happen. He knows he's about to raise Lazarus from the grave. But he cries anyway. He's in that moment with her. He's crying with her because he knows 
that there's something about expressing emotions and sharing a vulnerable moment that creates a tight bond, that creates a friendship, that creates a community of friends that uplifts you, encourages you. Have you ever been in a situation when you and your, well, I'll give you an example. Have you ever been in a, in a situation where you're watching a very sad film or, or movie with a friend or you're having a conversation and it's getting really emotional and you see that your friend's starting to tear up and you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> if you start crying, I'm gonna start crying too. <laughs> Don't you dare cry. And then they start crying and you can't help but cry too because they're crying and then there's just this endless cycle of crying because you guys are just seeing each other cry and so you guys are just crying. Or have you ever been in a situation where, you know, obviously, I, many of you are parents, so, you know, when you're with your, your child and they start to cry, you know, it's just kind of like this domino effect and like landmines going off and all these babies start crying <laughs> together. That's how, they, that's how it is. There, there's something about expressing and sharing emotions that creates a bond. You know, with, either with the babies crying or with you and your friend crying. There's just something human about it. There's something beautiful about it. And it's called friendship. It's called a relationship. We need to not be afraid of being vulnerable, of being transparent. Of course, you know, there are boundaries. Of course, there are, are moments where, you know, you shouldn't be vulnerable or you shouldn't be transparent. But I think there are a lot of moments, a lot more moments where we should be vulnerable. And we, we decide to, you know, save face or try to be, you know, strong where we actually should just let it out. One of, the greatest, one of the greatest ministries in the world, one of the greatest ministries in the world is just being there and just being present. Today's a short message. I'm on my third and last point. What are some things we can do to be a friend? Some practical things. Allow your strengths to be a ministry, to make and reach out to friends. You're good at greeting, be a greeter. You're good at cooking, cook, cook, for, for, cook, cook for people. You're good at washing cars, wash cars. You're good at, you know, handiwork, help somebody with their electricity or, or change their oil. There's a lot of things that we can do. Ministry doesn't need to be complicated. You know, it can be as simple as helping somebody do something that they can't do. You know, one of the spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, you know, you know there's prophecy, there's preaching, there's teaching. You know, one of the spiritual gifts, gifts is to help. You can read the verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. It says, one of the spiritual gifts is simply to help. Helping is a spiritual gift. Helping. Helping is a spiritual gift. Being a friend. You see a gap in your local church, in our local church, and you have a talent that you're willing to use to help others, make a ministry out of it. No, seriously. You, know, you can make a ministry literally out of washing windows. <laughs> you can make a ministry out of anything. <laughs> Even if all you can do is help and be a friend. Do it. Say hi. Say, how are you doing? Sit down with them. Have a conversation. Somebody that you don't know walks through those two doors. Say hi. 
Don't, don't pass by. Sit down. Have a conversation with them. You know, I, I heard a statistic. I don't know how true it is. But it says that people who come into the church, they need to make at least six to seven meaningful relationships to stay in the church. There is power in relationships and friendships. And we need to do more as Christians and as church members. I'm talking to myself, too, to be a good friend. <laughs> you know, there's one more video I want to show. Just one more video, and I'll close. It's a beautiful video. Um, there, Weimar Institute, it's a, it's a Christian institution in north of Sacramento. Um, and they, they, they did this beautiful thing called total community involvement. And it's where they went out all the staff, all the students, for four hours, once every week, and just did community service. That's it. I'm going to show the video, and then I'll close. Of just going through the motions and not really practicing what I believe. We're college students. We hang out, we have fun, and we keep it pretty kosher. But at the end of the day, there's something missing. To call ourselves Christians is not enough. We have to live like Christ. So one day a week, the Institute as a whole, staff and students, take four hours out of their day to go do ministry. 100% dedicated to others. Even though it's only been a few weeks, it's already making a huge impact on our lives and on the campus. decided to go help a lady who is actually a member of the Lions Club from Colfax. She works a lot with the schools and she actually needed some help herself in her yard. Unfortunately, her husband passed away and actually three people died of cancer in her life recently. She's fallen on some hard times, unable to keep up with the yard, unable to do a lot of these different things. She really doesn't have anyone to help her out, so we decided to fill that gap. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> a lot of leaves. A lot of leaves here. You know, even though Reiki may not be the most glorious thing you can do, it's amazing how something so insignificant can make such an impact. Doing a fantastic job. I what, just... Why are you saying, why are you using the word fantastic? <laughs> <laughs> because I don't even recognize the place. I met Granny Sweet um, just as we were out doing outreach. We were giving, handing out flyers for diabetes class, and she just started opening up and pouring out her life story. She has all of these deep questions that she's wrestling with. She's like, is God really there? And I don't know if I can believe in this God. He just has some perverse sense of humor, because why would he let me go through all that I've been through? She shared with me that she was planning to move up to Oregon and take off and just try to find a better life up there. And I said, hey, well, I could bring some friends over. We'd be happy to help you out, move all your stuff and pack. And she was just like, really? Really? Would you guys do that? 
It took all afternoon, but the whole time, she was saying how she saw in us true Christians and she hadn't seen that before. My sisters and I are now starting each conversation. Well, you know there might be a God uh, because of the people that we've met at Weimar. I, I don't know how else to say it, but you know, that's just the way it is when you, on the outside looking in, wishing that you had a God, but you can't really have one because you run up against something horrific. Uh, to meet Christians that aren't horrific is something truly special. The most important work I can be doing is out there meeting people and not necessarily pouring over my nursing books. While both are important, God wants me, I think, to be on the front lines. I pray that through TCI we can truly reveal the true character of God and His love, and that that would spark the fire to see this whole world lightened with the glory of God. It's, it's incredible. Uh, some of the testimonies that they have, what they've done, and the community services that they've done. You know, I'm reminded of the verse that says, to the least of these, you've done unto me. You know, sometimes doing ministry isn't about giving a Bible study or even talking about something spiritual, although there is a time and place for that. But sometimes doing ministry just means helping people and being a friend. And, you know, whether that's raking somebody's yard or helping somebody move, there's a lot of simple, you know, quote-unquote insignificant, insignificant things that we can do. But they mean the world to somebody else. So, being a friend and helping in any way possible will do more than you can imagine. That's what Jesus was to us in our lowest of lows, a friend. And that's what we need to be for others. John 15, 15. No longer do I call you servants, but I have called you friends. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friend. Jesus laid down his life for us. We ought to do the same for others. How many of you, me included, are committed to simply being a friend this week and all the weeks to come. <laughs> Please bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this message, Lord, that you've given us today. Lord, there is power in friendship. There is power in simply being a friend. Lord, just being there, picking up that phone at 1 a.m. in the morning, driving early in the morning to drive to a friend's house to help them move, just saying hello and how are you. And how is it going? What's going on? There's more than some people even, even can ask for, Lord. Some people just want to be acknowledged. Some people just want to be known. Lord, and we can do that for somebody, Lord. You were a friend to us at our darkest moments. Lord, help us to do the same for our friends and those out there in the community, Lord, that we have yet to meet. Thank you so much, Lord, for loving us. And I pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Uh, just before I go, a uh, little announcement. There are flowers for all of the mothers. 
just go through these double doors, yeah, and somebody will give you a flower, or yeah, something like that. <laughs> Thank you.